all the time. And I'm going to keep doing that because I loved it there so much. Um, but, like, I know that things can get tired. So just let me know. Um, in 2013, which is, like, hard to believe how long ago that was. Goodness. I lived in Wombly, South Dakota. Um, and I was teaching six through 12th grade language arts at Crazy Horse High School. Love being in high school because it's the cutest thing. And we had teacher professional development days, like all teachers do. And this professional development day was focused primarily on culture, the culture of our students who were Lakota, because the primary ethnicity of the teaching staff at the school was not Lakota. Um, and so we would have these days to help us kind of understand where our kids in Oklahoma are coming from. In a discussion that day about student wellness, one of the matriarchs of the community, Carol Allenwick, who recently passed, and that was kind of sad. Um, she shared some Lakota teachings about healing and communion with Unki Manka, which is Grandmother Earth. She said something like, the Wahitu, white visitors, have diagnosed us as ill. They have said that the voices of our ancestors, of Grandfather Buffalo, that used to send us on our spirit journeys are not real. They're hallucinations. And they gave us pills to silence them. They built buildings to teach us in the ways that they were taught, behind walls, in lines, in silence. They said the melancholy we feel is depression. They gave us more pills to keep us from feeling. But we are not sick. She went on to talk about the Lakota traditions of following guides to the land and gathering the materials that have healed and saved their people in the past. That it was the ancestors' voices that led them to sage and sweet grass and tobacco, plants that are used primarily for ceremony now, but have always been medicines for their people. She suggested the deep sadness that led to the loss of so many of our kids from suicide. <laughs> was due to the experience of separation from Untimaka. She spoke about how Western ways aren't wrong, that medicines and doctors and tools are good things, but that they're making a mistake if they believe that something they don't understand is bad that prescribing the same thing to everyone based on one person's idea of what is right is what's wrong. That as teachers, we might consider that our sterile classrooms and school buildings, models of European and Western order, could be contributing to the challenges that our kids face, not only academically, but also emotionally and mentally that keeping our kids from the land, their families, we're keeping them from themselves. So of course they aren't gonna learn or grow. She lamented the loss our kids experienced, worried they would never be whole, never be well, because they were kept from their ancestors and relatives, kept from their We're going to read from Psalm 9, like I said. <laughs> I'm going to read from the First Nations version. Um, we heard it last week, I think, too. You are welcome to follow along, but it's not going to sound 
like the NRSV, like the usually read, so it might be challenging, so you're welcome to just listen. You also are gonna hear new names for things, and I will give you the European Western name uh, translation for that uh, the first time it comes through. John 9. After walking safely away from the lodge, Creator Sexton, that's Jesus, saw a man blind from birth sitting by the pathway. They stopped near the man, and the ones who walked the road with him asked, Wisdom Teacher, why was this man born blind? Was it his wrongdoing or his parents that caused this? The wrongdoings of neither he nor his parents caused this, he told them, but that the healing power of the great spirit would be seen in him. For while the sun still shines, we must be doing what he wants. A time of darkness is coming when no one will do what he wants. But as long as I am in the world, I will be its light. After saying this, he spit on the ground. Then he made mud from his spit and rubbed it in the man's eyes and instructed him to go and wash in the waters of Sending Village, the pool of Siloam. With the help of others, the man went and washed the mud out of his eyes and returned with his sight restored. The people who lived near him and others who knew he was a blind beggar saw him and said in amazement, could this be the blind man who sat and asked for handouts? Some were saying it was he. Others said he only looked like him, but he kept saying, I am the one. So they asked him, how did your sight return to you? He said, a man named Creator Sex Street made some mud and rubbed it on my eyes. He told me to go to the waters of Sending Village and wash. So I did what he said, and now I can see. Where is he? They asked. I do not know where he is, the man answered. This passage confronts the fears and shames that my sister and I have talked about. And so, don't even consider this man. This man's blindness is not a result of sin. Right? 
<laughs> is not the result of her. It feels like a pity, but <laughs> you most definitely don't agree with it. And that brought us to another common argument that I've heard often that Christians will just avoid English and just have them speak Welsh as a result of the death of Gwendolyn Bell. And it was very helpful for us to hear our Lord himself say it himself. <laughs>
to perform as if Jesus does something that is disgusting to me. <laughs> Gross and also incredibly intentional. He spits on the ground and creates mud with his saliva and earth. And this combination creates a healing power. But only two ingredients change that. In this miracle drug are dirt from the man's homeland and this slimy piece of the actual body of Christ. And while it seems yucky to me, it's also purposeful. It's not the first time Jesus uses his own spit in scripture to heal a couple of times earlier in the gospel, but it is the first time he mixes it with dirt. The spit itself may not have been shocking to the time at the time for people. Apparently that was like part of a lot of Jewry um practices. Again, horrifying. But uh, <laughs> I like this I like really couldn't get over it. <laughs> like I was like this image. This poor guy doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> um but the dirt is new and Jesus chooses a remedy that includes the land that this man has called home where he has experienced life full of hurt that we know about, but also maybe also love, possibly from his family that's gone now, or maybe the occasional care he's experienced from his neighbors. When others are singularly focused on what they see is wrong with the man, Jesus uses this opportunity to emphasize the importance of the earth, the first creation. To remind us that we have all come from the same dust. And when the man is able to see and Jesus is gone, he's left with only that mud in a story. It seems often that we have come to treat the earth the same way this community treated this man. We disconnect ourselves from it, see it as different from us, from other. And because of that, we treat it poorly, abuse it, or really just don't think anything of it at all. And yet here the land shares in the power of Christ. It's the man's connection to Christ and his reconnection to the earth that heals him. It's a spot identical to what Sarah Eilinger suggested for me. conversation today, but I am going to ask us some questions to think about. How might we access the divine in the way that Jesus shows up in this story? How might we experience healing by being touched by the land around us, the physical place that we call home? How might we connect with our relatives and ancestors? What can we learn about God when we do? Jesus says that while there is light, he and the others must do the work of God caring for this man. When darkness comes, he will be the light. And as long as he is present, there will be light. How might we, Christ bearers, do the same? I don't love the light and dark analogy. I've not ever said that I did. (laughs) But there's no pretending that times aren't bleak. What energy can we bring in the same way as those that bear Christ today?
Maronite connection to all plates, the space on earth we occupy bring healing to our neighbor, those that are different. This is where we pay attention to the ways that we are missing opportunities to learn about God through the image of God in others and the opportunities to heal and be healed by our connections to our places, our neighbors, and our relatives, humans, and God.